0: Well, welcome back to the Care Team Podcast. Uh, this is Tommy, and uh, we are here to uh, to help you change your mind, change your life. Uh, Looking, and we get that from Romans 12 too. So, this is episode thirty four. Uh, it's on uh, May sixth, and uh, we're just glad you're joining us. So, but as we dive in, uh, before we dive into our topic, which is about discipleship, this will be a our topic will be a, a few a few episodes in the making. Uh, but today we're just gonna kind of kick it off on that topic. But before we get started, we're going to talk about uh, summer tips, and, uh, and, and you know, we know a lot of people are going to be a lot traveling. So, so we have some traveling tips that we want to talk
1: about before. We just, before we do that, though, Tommy, I want to just say it's been a few episodes since all of us have been together. Yes. So Lori and Callie, say hello. Hello. We're, we're all we're all back <laughs> together, and we're excited <laughs> about it. Yes. so Yeah, and this will be fun. Yeah. So Tom, I'm gonna defer to you to lead us off. You just get on traveling? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm very fortunate. We have very generous friends who allowed us to use a place that they own down in Florida. And so just got back from a very awesome week-long vacation with the family. And so just a couple of things that uh, we figured out while we were down there. One is, and I already knew I overpacked, but if you know you're going to have access to a washer and dryer, I really recommend take two or three outfits, tops, and just wash and repeat because, uh, I ended up having too much stuff and keeping track of all the clothes. And so I know a lot of you probably know that already, but it's a good lesson to learn. And then the other one was, and I learned this a few years ago that you do not need to purchase an SPF sunblock over 50 because there isn't anything over 50. Oh wow. So mm-hmm. even when it says 70, you know, 60, 70, 80, it doesn't block you over 50. So you don't need to purchase anything over 50. Um, mm-hmm. and they're making new ones now that are mineral based. So I know some people break out from sunblock or it clogs your pores or whatever. You can get new mineral based stuff. Uh, so it's a lot healthier and you can save money by not buying the upper, you know, anything past 50. So those are nice. my tips. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, a couple tips. Uh, two tips is, uh, is one kind of, uh, uh, very similar, uh, tips is, uh, we were talking as a team about uh, summer coming up and going out in the water and things like that. And uh, one of the things that I I really don't like putting on sunscreen. I mean, I I, I do because I don't want to get burned. But uh, we we have we actually have a few of those like swimming tops that have the built-in uh, SPF in there and uh and you know it actually uh, there have been times where the water's been a little bit cold and it actually keeps you warm mm-hmm. and uh and also keeps you keeps you safe
1: also known as rash guards
0: rash guards. yeah okay uh, <laughs> uh and then the other thing was when you're traveling and you got to travel light um, uh, wear your heavy stuff while you're if you have to like fly and then pack your light or something it's uh, good so,
2: mm, yeah, yeah. So. i'm really bad at drinking water just day to day. But I feel like when I travel, I am very bad at drinking water. So my tip is just to make sure you always have water on you. Make sure you're drinking plenty of water because you can just feel so much worse if you're traveling and you're not hydrated. So that's, that's my good. big but thing. But if you don't
3: drink, you don't have to stop so many times. You know? <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. It's a, it's a battle. You got to choose your you might have your your to battles. stop at the hospital if you sure, do stop. That's so that's a... <laughs> So the next time I go on a trip, Tom, I need you to remind me of that packing tip yes. because I always pack for every possible scenario <laughs> <laughs> times like one and a half. <laughs> I always have way too many calls. Yeah. Um, I guess my tip is so when I just drive on an everyday basis, I use my GPS a lot because I get lost anywhere and everywhere. I have even grew up around here and I still get lost on a regular basis. And I like to know how long it's going to take me to get somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I recently went on a trip last fall and we had, you know, the trip mapped on GPS and we kind of got into, uh, you know, a part of the state where we didn't have really good cell phone signal. We had a detour because of heavy rains and we ended up in a city we had never been in that felt slightly unsafe and we were just circling because GPS kept you know, changing our direction, you know, every time we would turn, we would go another way. And, and there was a little bit of frustration in the car. <laughs> so my, my pro tip would be bring a paper map as a backup. Yes. Good. I personally That's can't good. read a paper map, but just have one. <laughs> well,
0: and, and a pro tip for maps that uh, we, we were watching, I, I know it's a uh, uh, tornado season and, uh, uh, and uh, one thing we were watching was a movie Twister this past weekend mm-hmm. and a uh, pro tip on Maps. Don't fold your maps. Roll the maps.
1: No, that's good, because yeah. you'll crease over being able to see yeah. what, like roadways, yeah. and that's really smart. Oh, yeah, that's okay. a, that might be the best tip of the day. Roll, uh. roll your
0: map. <laughs>
3: but where roll do you a keep a rolled map in the car, though?
0: Very creatively tucked away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, as we dive into our topic today... Uh, uh, Tom, I I know we're going to talk about discipleship, yeah. and uh, so yeah, I would just ask if you want to lead us off on I that would
1: I would time. love to, and just kind of uh, interesting God's timing. Uh, this morning we had our all-staff meeting, and uh, I won't go into any details, but just to say our, our lead pastor, Nate, uh, presented us with um, a book and some exercises specifically about discipleship. So I just love God's timing. Uh, certainly wasn't planned, but uh, we're glad to be talking about it. Um and I, and I want to differentiate sort of di- discipleship from, from a believer. We hope that everybody listening knows uh, Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Um, if you don't, uh, talk to someone at your local church, come see us here at Northside, call us. Uh, we'd love to talk to you about making that decision. But that is really just the beginning of, of our, our life and our walk as a Christian. And discipleship uh, not only are we called to be disciples, but to make disciples. And specifically, Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So this, this is a command. This is a, a directive uh, that we're to make disciples. And so what I do always when I don't know a word or I'm trying to understand as I look up the definition. And so the the dictionary definition of discipleship says, one who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another, such as Christianity. Um, and then uh, I really like this one. Um, it says... Um, a convinced adherent of a school or individual, a convinced adherent of a school or individual. So are we convinced adherents to Christianity? Do we believe that Jesus is who he says he is? And if we do, then why aren't we doing the things that he asks, us, asks of us to do? And th- and that's really, to me, uh, you know, disciple means to to imitate, to be an imitator. Mm-hmm. So we're to be imitators of Christ.
0: Yeah. Well, and one thing that, you know, I'm, that always comes to mind when I think about discipleship is how many times Christ said, follow me, uh, in the gospels. And Mm. when you think about just those two words, just follow me, uh, you know, if somebody, if somebody looks at you and says, follow me, well, you gotta, you gotta stop. You gotta, you gotta give them your attention. You have to, uh, following them, you know, on the spot, you know, he didn't say grab everything you have, pack up, you got, Mm. you know, it's like, no, just follow me. And it's like, you know, sometimes you just gotta throw on everything you have and then just, follow Christ. So, so he said, he made it pretty clear, follow me, uh, multiple times in the gospels. And so, uh, you know what, the, all, the other thing I think about when I think about follow me is, uh, you know, as a veteran, uh, coming out of Fort Benning, Georgia, we said, follow me a lot, or people told us to follow me a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and our, our routine response was lead the way. And so my mm-hmm. question is when Christ says, follow me, how often are we saying lead the way? Yeah.
1: I think about, I love that imagery, Tommy, of, of following. And you can make a mistake by, I remember this, uh, my dad would taught us to hunt. And when we would go out to hunt, we would follow him through the woods because he knew his way even in the dark because he'd been in those woods so many times. But we didn't just look at his feet. First of all, it was so dark that often his feet were obscured, mm-hmm. but we had to look ahead because he might be moving a branch out of the way or he might have to... so when we follow Christ, we're not just walking in a path behind Jesus, but we're literally trying to do what he's doing in front of us. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if he's ministering to the sick, we're ministering to the sick. If he's feeding the hungry, we're feeding the hungry. If he's praying, we're praying. We're doing the things that he did, not just following behind, but literally following each and every movement that he's making. Yep. And I think that's really important when you think about that idea of following.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I want to turn it over to Lori and Callie. What, what are your all thoughts like when you think about discipleship? What comes, what comes to your mind?
3: Honestly, it it's a little scary for me because I feel sometimes I feel maybe a little ill equipped, and mm. you know I know the option is always I don't know the answer to the question I can find out. Um, I discipleship to me mostly is just setting an example for my children or, or just for, you know, for people around me. Um, but, but sometimes it it can be a little scary and I, you know, that's something I have to pray through and work through. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm. I think that's really fair. Um, and I'm, I might even go a step further and say that, uh, just afraid to fail, you know, just just afraid that, um, we say we're following and I can, you know, I'll go back to that again of following my dad through the woods and I don't see the root that he stepped over and I hook my toes right in it and go flat on my face. Mm -hmm. And I have that same sort of fear in following Jesus. And I'm also going to be transparent and say there are other times where uh, I want to, you know, um, be in a conversation I shouldn't be in. Or, you know, in other words, I'm sort of consciously making a choice to not to not follow. And, I, and, right. mm-hmm. and then later having to repent of that and realizing that that was a very sinful sort of conscious choice. And so it can become daunting mm-hmm. at times to think about being a disciple of Christ. And if we're being real, if most people are being real, I think that's a fear that we all carry with us. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I think a big, like another, way I think of discipleship, it does go hand in hand with that. Like, I just want to be a good example of Mm -hmm. Christ. Like I want to be an imitator of Christ. So it's like when we do fall short or we do something that people recognize, like, oh, that wasn't very like Christ-like of you, you know, or just being caught in that. But I also think about discipleship as like we have the power of Christ in us, like through the Holy Spirit. And so just knowing that he is with us and walking with us and there's grace for our mistakes and, we do get empowered to just be able to share him with others and be able to be an example to other people.
0: You know, kind of kind of on the, on the topic of what uh, you and Tom are talking about, Kelly is, is the, you know, uh, finding this freedom. And, and one of the things mm-hmm. that Jesus says about being a disciple in John eight thirty one. 31, he says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth, not a truth, not, not one of the truths, not some truth. It's the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about like our, our, uh, the, the scripture we use for care ministry, um, Isaiah 61, one and two, uh, you know, freeing the captives. And, you know, oftentimes like on your, on your note about repentance, it's like we can feel like we are just captive we're in a dark place and, mm-hmm. and Christ is saying, no, repent, follow me
1: and I will set you free. That's right. Yeah. You know, I, I we, we talked about this as a team prior to the podcast. We tried to discuss through it a little bit. And we want all of you to, to know that we know there are thousands of books written on this. We know that there are people that are far more qualified in many ways to speak to discipleship than we are. We're just hoping that this will get you thinking, that this will get you praying, that this will get you into the Word and really following after Jesus and what he's asking of us as discipleship. And one of the things I struggled with for years, um, as I was interning at churches and kind of coming up through ministry is there was a, there were a lot of what were called discipleship classes and courses. And one of the things I struggled with all the time was how can you really be discipled in a meaningful way in a large group? Mm -hmm. You know, um, we we have celebrate recovery here we're very familiar with the 12 step program and they have something that they call a sponsor which in that program is a guide through the program and the program that particular program is a 12 step program so that sponsor would specifically be a guide through those steps if you if you want a simplistic way to think about discipleship discipleship is a one-on-one relationship and i want to push that relational piece today i can't push that enough got a couple quotes from some books i want to read later on in that regard but the idea is that it's that a mature christian person is walking an immature christian and, and what i mean by immature is new in your faith you haven't you haven't gone deep into your relationship with christ so don't read into that word mm-hmm. but a seasoned person is helping walk an unseasoned person into what it means to imitate Christ. That that is really what we mean by discipleship. And I personally, and I'm going to put this out there as my opinion, but I personally don't know how you can do that outside of relationship Mm -hmm. because to get on a real emotional, spiritual level, We've got to know each other. We've got to, we can't be fearful of being honest because if there is something I need to repent of, if there's a sin that's got a hole in my life, if I can't be honest with somebody and get that out and, and, and expose that to the light of Christ... Um, and I'm going to do that in relationship with somebody. I'm going to do that in a place where I trust, in a place where I feel free to be open. And I don't know, again, how we can do that in a class where I don't really know the people that are in mm-hmm. there with me, right. where mm-hmm. I don't really know the leader. But in a relationship with a seasoned Christian, someone who can walk me, to me, that is that is the where discipleship really comes into play.
0: Well, and one thing I think about, too, is in Luke nine twenty three, 23, and, and, uh, and Jesus says, and he, he said to them all, uh, if anyone would come after me and let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me, mm-hmm. uh, and f- for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. And so part of that is, is you know, that, that, that relationship is showing people, not just saying, hey, go go read your Bible, you know, uh, daily, but it's like, let's go read the Bible together. Let's unpack this together and help them you know, uh, like many, and and we do this across the globe on many different things. Uh, like a lot of times people will have, uh, accountability partners for, for something, or they'll have a gym workout partner, somebody to hold them accountable to, who's going to be like, Hey man, where were you at? I was there at 6am at the gym. You're not there. So, so we do it other places. Why not do it here? I mean, that's, it's, there's the same value. It's good. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna read something because it's gonna be easier than me paraphrasing. Um, I've been working for some time, very slowly, on writing a book about um, about discipleship because it's it's something that, that I believe um, is weakening the Christian church in the West. Uh, that we're, we're we're not we're not we're creating attendees. We're we're creating um, spectators, not disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the cool thing. You don't have to go out and disciple 20 people. Uh, I really felt a few years ago the Lord sharing with me what would happen if every Christian discipled one person, mm-hmm. one. Just Mm -hmm. one. So I wrote here, one, just one person. If we all led one person to Christ, think how many Christians would be in the world and how that would transform our homes, towns, and communities. There are approximately 2.3 billion Christians in the world. If every one of them led just one person to Christ, there would instantly be 4.6 billion Christians. Think of that. Almost 5 billion people serving the Lord, doing their best to live rightly, and transform their neighborhoods and communities. Of course, leading someone to Christ is only the beginning. Leading someone in the ways of the Lord, what we call discipling, is important. It's of the utmost importance. Whether we've realized it or not, someone or multiple someones have discipled us, helping us mature in our faith and practice. Yeah. Yeah. You, that, okay. that, there, it's impossible to grow in maturity outside of relationship. Why did God say love love me and love your neighbor, because we in community, and we really push community here at Northside, it's in community and in relationship that we are discipled. Even when maybe that's not the whole purpose of getting together, that's happening. And so by being together, by worshiping together, by breaking bread together, by studying the word together, by being in life groups together, we're getting discipled.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that, you know, you bring up a great point there is that one of the things that we really focus on is community. And so uh, when we were actually talking about as a staff today that uh, our three main efforts are connecting people to Jesus, connecting people to Christ-centered community, and, or connecting people to Christ, connecting people to Christ-centered community, and connecting people to Christ-centered calling. And discipleship is when, when you're connected to Christ and when you're following him, it, it he didn't say follow me except here he he means like follow me so do exactly what he what he does and it, and it's a it's a holistic approach it's not just yeah i come to church you know just like you said or i'm a consumer and i'm not going to i'm not going to dive into a group or i'm not going to serve it's no it's it's all the above jesus came to serve not to be served and on the on the thing about community uh you know i, I think about all the one another passages uh, in scripture and there's in you know and and this is not all of them, but it's it's most of them, and it's love one another, accept one another, restore one another, carry one another's burdens, serve one another, you know, mm-hmm. on and on and on, bear bear with one another, teach one another, confess to one another, spur on one another, you know, it's just like all these different one another's, and it's you know, I heard a pastor say one time, and it's it's true, uh, and that is, uh, it's hard to one another if you're alone, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. and it's so yeah. true, yeah, I mean, it's, so. it, no,
1: it's good, I. I was thinking, you know, you, you share your story, your testimony with somebody and hopefully mm-hmm. you're doing that. If you haven't done that, I really encourage you to do it. Even if you don't think you have a, a fun, exciting, sensational story, it's your story, it's your testimony, and it carries power with it because mm-hmm. it's about your relationship with Jesus. But imagine if you didn't stop there. Imagine if, as you introduce that person to Christ, you take them under your wing, you show them how. God is transforming their life. In other words, you help them begin to form their testimony. You walk them through some of the tough things in life. And when I think about the people I've discipled over the years, um, sponsored whatever word you want to use for that, I think about how much I've grown through that, you know. Mm -hmm. The scripture tells us that iron sharpens iron. It's not one directional. It's not like I'm, I'm this wise person that's bestowing all my wisdom on somebody else. We're walking and learning and growing together. I've grown and learned as much from the people I've discipled um, as I'm sure they have from me and maybe more. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's really something to not be missed. I, there's a richness in that relationship. There's a richness in your relationship with Christ that can only be increased when you disciple and work with other people. And mm-hmm. Lori and Callie, um, uh, I wonder if you could share a little bit about either someone you've discipled or even someone who has that, you know, has sort of mentored you, discipled you, and just share a little bit about that experience.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a mentor right now her name's Leanne and she's awesome and we're pretty constant and like I'll tell her I'm like thank you for like helping me grow or growing with me and she was like well you're growing me too like she's always constantly telling me like I'm not just watching you grow I'm also growing because I'm able to shepherd you in this way and it's just it's so awesome to just have that person in your corner like when things are bad or when things are good just being able to go to them And just tell them what's on your heart or tell them that you need prayer or just that you want to talk to them about your day and that they're just present. And I just, I love that. And I've led groups before in the past here at church. And it's also just been so um, rewarding to be able to shepherd and guide people um, while they're trying to make these tough decisions or just trying to live life and trying to do things that are pleasing to God. And just being able to encourage people through that is just so rewarding Mm, too. It's good.
3: Um, I think the first person that comes to mind for me um, is someone that I worked with when I was first on, on staff here a, a long time ago. Um, she was the first person I ever met who really just talked about God in her everyday life. I was kind of a new Christian. Um, I hadn't really been around church people much. And she just, anytime something happened, like if she grabbed a stack of papers and she exact grabbed the exact right number, she would say, oh, God was in that. She would say nothing is ever a coincidence. Um, and really, and she she wasn't afraid to, to talk hard truth to me. I was going through some things in my life, and, and she, just, she just spoke very plain to me and, you know, it made it true and real and, you know, made it all about God without, you know, without scaring me away with, you know. Mm. Um, so I think about her, and I think about um, the years that I spent with a friend of mine. Um, we— led a group of middle school girls and seeing them, um, discover Jesus for the, for the first time and learning more and growing, getting excited to learn and growing closer together. So those are kind of the two things that, I, that come to mind for me. That's
0: great. You know, one thing I think about too, is, as we're talking about this, this is not a, uh, this is not a care team thing. This is not a North side thing. It's a Jesus thing. Yes. Like I, you know, I, I'm not Tommy Emory saying, follow me. Cause I, I, I like, we need to follow Jesus mm-hmm. like like don't follow me and, and and uh you know part of that too is like you know as we talk about like caring for one another and being there and and, and being in there in the day-to-day and like like you said even in the tough moments where iron is sharpening iron I'm thinking I'm I'm reminded about thirst first Thessalonians uh 2, 7, 2 7 and two eight uh, uh where it says just as a nursing mother cares for her children so we care for you because we loved you so much we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, so not only the gospel, but our lives as well. Mm-hmm.
1: That's good. Yeah. You know, I've been on a theme this year of, of just really um, the Lord pressing on my heart about those that will do things in Jesus' name, and yet Jesus will say to them, I never knew you. Oh, yeah. And and if we want to know Jesus we have to be a disciple of Jesus mm-hmm. which means we have to wholeheartedly want to do what he did. Mm-hmm. Dallas Willard says it this way, disciples are those who seriously intending to become like Jesus from the inside out, systematically and progressively rearrange their affairs to that end under the guidance of the word and the spirit. That is how the disciple lives. And Jesus says, John 14:15 that those who love him will keep his commandments and in John 10:27 that his sheep know his voice. And when we think about helping and 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 I like what you said, Tommy, because I had some notes here too. That don't misunderstand us. You're you're not a disciple of Tom. What what I would do in that relationship would be sort of a handoff experience. You know, come come follow me long enough until you begin to understand and hear Jesus's voice. Mm-hmm. That I'm gonna I'm gonna help you learn to discern his voice from the rabble in your head i'm going to help you learn to love him to know him is to love him i believe to know Mm -hmm. jesus is to love jesus so if you're having trouble loving jesus you don't know jesus so part of my job part of our job collectively as the big c church is to help people get to know jesus because to know jesus is to love jesus and to love somebody is to be in relationship with them and to be in relationship with them is to know their voice. Mm-hmm. Think about your kids, your spouse, your parents, a loved one. You can pick their voice out from anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Because you know them and you love them and you've made a point of it. Mm-hmm. And so being a disciple of Christ is as much about knowing and loving him as it is about you'll do what he commanded you to do out of your love for him when you know him. Mm-hmm. And when you can hear his voice, you can walk that out. And when we help disciple one another, that's really what we're doing. We're helping to discern that love and that voice. Yeah. I hope that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I know
0: we've got uh, a handful of episodes where we're going to be talking about discipleship, but if you had to close it out uh, on one thing, if there was one thing you wanted us to key takeaway to to close out this episode, how would you do it?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, Yeah, I'm going to quote a book. I'm going to quote a book called Disciple Shift by Jim Putnam and and, um, Bobby Harrington, and it also features Robert Coleman. But on page uh, 31, it says, this model doesn't measure success by how many people come to a church, how much money is given, or even how many converts are made. These things are worth measuring, but they're also secondary. The model we advocate measures success by how many people are being loved and led into the way of Jesus, are coming to Christ and following him. It measures how many people are being transformed into Christ's likeness and are pursuing his kingdom mission. And and that's why I want to end, because I really do believe that there has to be a cultural shift, again, big C, mm-hmm. to, to discipleship and not just to converts. Yeah. right. Jesus says, fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom it's not the end of wisdom mm-hmm. it's not the it's not the end of the path it's the beginning
0: yeah well i again thank you guys for joining us so much and and this is going to be part 1 of of many many parts on 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 this series but uh this is such an important topic discipleship and making sure we get it right and and just like tom said i mean there, there's so much written out there we're not trying to recreate the wheel we just want to bring awareness and attention to this and and just help our listeners, you know, in, in, in every context and in the, in the care, in the context of care, understand how important this is too. Uh, But uh, as we close it out, you know, we, we asked uh, uh, Callie if she'd be, would mind praying us out.
2: Yeah. Um, Dear God, thank you for today. And thank you just for the opportunity to share about such a, such a big topic um, that's sometimes really hard to get right. And we just, We just pray that over this podcast series of discipleship that you'll just give clarity to the people listening and clarity to us, God, that we can implement this further in our lives. Um, I just pray that you give us someone in our lives that we can start discipling or we can at least start having that conversation with you about just trying to figure out how can I disciple people well? Is there somebody in my life that you're calling me to disciple right now, God? Do I need somebody who needs to disciple me further? Just anything, God. We just want to be closer to you. We want to follow you, and we want to be disciples of you. So just give us people in our lives that can make that happen for us. Um, thank you for loving us so well, and thank you for Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, don't forget, you can join us every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. to catch this episode or others on Facebook, YouTube, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, or Spotify. And, uh, or if you need additional resources, you can go to mynorsal.com slash care. Uh, Love you guys, and we'll catch you next week.